Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The United States military is famous for its attention to detail, especially attention to detail when it comes to planning, almost like a bride on her wedding day. Okay, trying to make sure that everything is just so, so that all of their efforts are coordinated and organized in this or that battle. We're going to take this hill, we're going to win this fight, whatever it might be. But the military has also found out through hard experience over the years that there's a problem here. Because you can plan all you want, you can have all the perfect planning, and yet... You don't have the only say. There's all sorts of other things that can go wrong. In fact, there's an expression that the army has, has uh, popularized, which is that no plan survives first contact with the enemy. You've heard of that before? I think as parents, we could also say that. No plan survives first contact with the children. But be that as it may, no plan survives first contact with the enemy. There's unpredictable variables. There's things that could go wrong. There's uncertainties that you can't anticipate. And so for all of your planning, in a moment, it might just be thrown out the window. What are you going to do then? Well, a number of years back, the Army developed a strategy in order to meddle with this uncertainty, in order to pierce through the fog of war. And that strategy is what they call the commander's intent. The commander's intent. Now here's the idea. The commander's intent is a succinct, simple statement that answers the question, if nothing else happens, if we're not successful in anything else, this is the one thing that we want to make sure we accomplish. If all of our plans go out the window and we're overwhelmed by all of these um, unpredictable variables, if there's only one thing that we want to make sure happens, this is it. That's the commander's intent. Make sense? It's a brilliant idea to try and pierce through all of those other things. You don't know what's going to happen. You can't anticipate every outcome, how it's all going to work out. What you can say is this is the one big thing that we want to ensure does happen. The commander's intent. In today's gospel, Jesus tells a story, a rather strange story, as is his wont. But what it's doing, what this parable illustrates, is the fundamental purpose, the essential intent of our Savior for you and for me as his people. Especially, especially when all of our plans are getting thrown out the window, when all of our planning seems to be brought to nothing. This is a word for us in the season that we're in right now. But to get there, let's go back to the story. Let's think about this story again, because like I say, it's kind of a weird story, and it's not immediately clear what Jesus' point is about it. It's a story about a wedding day, and there's the ten bridesmaids, the ten virgins, as well as the bride, and it seems like they have planned everything as you would have expected. They've got it all just so, every detail taken care of. The bride is thinking, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be an evening wedding, and it's going to be fantastic. All of the bridesmaids are going to have not only matching dresses, but also matching lamps, okay? And then the bridegroom is going to come down the, during the golden hour, okay? During the golden hour, here comes the bridegroom, and all of the matching lamps will be lit, and it will be fantastic. And of course, all of you bridesmaids, it's B-Y-O-O, bring your own oil, okay? Remember that. They had everything planned just so. And then the bridegroom went and ruined it. 
5.30 comes. Still no sign of the bridegroom. 6 o'clock. Family's getting furious. 7 o'clock. Bride's crying in the back room. 8 o'clock. 9 o'clock. Still nothing. Next thing you know, the bridal party turns into a slumber party, right? They're all conked out. They're falling asleep. They're not paying attention to what's going on. Finally, at midnight, the call comes. The bridegroom is here. Awake. Wake up. Oh, my goodness. Get the crusties out of their eyes. Try to straighten their dresses. And they go out there. And half of the bridesmaids, they say to the other half, Hey, wait a second. Uh, my, my, my lamp's not lit. I didn't have enough oil. Can, you, can, you know, can I bum some canola from you? Right? Like, no, go up to the gas station, get some for yourself. If you run out, not run out, and we don't, none of us have run out. We're going to dishonor the bridegroom. We're going to ruin the whole thing. It's not going to happen. Go get some for yourself. Say, fine, fine, fine. So they run off. And while they do, here comes the bridegroom. Dun, dun, da, da, or whatever the bridegroom version of that is. Here he comes. Half of the bridal party, along with the bride, go in, and they slam the door shut too late for the other five bridesmaids. End of story. Okay, Jesus, what are we to take from this? What are you telling us with this story? Well, I think when we hear it, at least when I hear it, our first thing that we tend to jump to is the oil. We wonder, okay, the oil. Now, many times in the stories that Jesus tells, this thing stands for this other thing, right? This is symbolic of this other thing. And so we say, well, okay, what is the oil symbolic of? What does it stand for? In fact, through the ages, Christians have tried to answer this question. They've come up with all kinds of different answers. The the oil is Holy Spirit, the oil is good works, the oil is this, that, and the other thing. But I want to say to you that the key for us to understand what Jesus wants you and me to hear, what he wants us to take away from this parable, is not for us to figure out what is the meaning of the oil. In fact, he wants us to focus on what is the purpose of the oil. Not what does it symbolize, this or that thing, but what is the purpose of the oil? The oil is to to fuel the lamp. The oil is to keep the fire burning. Jesus doesn't want us to pay attention. What does the oil symbolize? The oil is whatever it is that keeps the lamp lit. And here is our commander's intent. Here is why he tells you and me this story. See, Jesus knows that after he ascends into heaven, it's going to be a while before the bridegroom returns. He may tarry for years, decades, centuries, millennia. And in the midst of that time of uncertainty, all sorts of unpredictable things are going to happen. And what matters most for all of us as we are awaiting the bridegroom, as we are watching for his coming, in the midst of all of that uncertainty and all of that unpredictability, Jesus says, here is your commander's intent. Keep the lamp lit. Keep the flame of faith burning. This is what matters more than anything else. Amidst all of the other wreckage of time, keep the lamp lit. See, you have that flame of faith. You have that flame of faith. It was lit in your heart at holy baptism when when the flame of the Holy Spirit came down and alighted upon you. When Christ, the light of the world, came and enlightened your soul, already that lamp has been lit. The fire of faith is burning in your heart. 
The Son of God has shined in our hearts, even as God at the beginning of all creation shined and gave his light. Now that light shines in your hearts and says, let there be light. Let that flame burn. That is what Jesus is pointing us to. And he's saying, keep, keep watchful. Keep that watchful faith going. In the midst of this life, when everything else can go wrong, when all of the other plans might get thrown out of the window, here's what matters most, that you don't stop waiting for the bridegroom to return that you keep that flame of faith lit in your own heart, in the hearts of your children and the next generation. That's the word, that's the commander's intent for you and me this morning. And I think that it's a, a challenging word and it's a freeing word. It's a challenging word, first of all, because in our lives and in our times, there are so many things that compete for our attention. There are so many things that in the moment seem like the most important thing. I can't think of any examples, but you guys might be able to. Jesus is challenging you and me to recognize that amidst all of this other fog, don't lose sight of what matters most. Your faith in the Savior. Your confidence in the coming of our bridegroom. Keep that flame lit. Keep that lamp lit. So it's a challenging word, but it's also, and even more so, a freeing word. It's a liberating word for you and me, particularly in times like our own, when it seems like everything else is falling apart, to know this is the one big thing. This is our commander's intent. If we can't hold anything else together, just to know this, that at the end of the day, at the end of the age, what really matters is to keep the lamps lit, to keep faith and hope alive in our Lord. When I think about the liberating power of that commander's intent, of that message from our bridegroom, I think of another example from World War II. Now bear with me, you were here last week, I gave you D-Day, I got another one for you today, I'm just kind of on a World War II kick, I don't know why that is, you can psychologize about that later. D-Day 1944, four years before that, there was a battle that was equally important, but it's one that's less known on this side of the Atlantic. It was extremely important to the, the work of the Allies, but especially to the Brits. See, what had happened in May of 1940 is that the British Army found themselves up against it. Their backs were against the wall at this little town in the north of France called Dunkirk. And there at Dunkirk, Hitler had them cornered like mice, and he was about to annihilate all of them. And he thought, once we take them out here with our tanks, with our air force, we are going to wipe them out once and for all. The battle is going to be ours. This is what it looked like. And back 20 miles across from Dunkirk, across the English Channel, was England. And there you had pretty much a brand new prime minister. You know him, a guy by the name of Winston Churchill, right? Winston Churchill, like three weeks on the job, and he's got to figure out what is the commander intent in this moment. What are we going to do? How are we going to fight back? What, what, what should be our goal in this moment? And he realized that what mattered most right then was survival. We just need to survive and live to fight another day. That was his commander's intent to them. 
But even then, there was all sorts of unpredictability, there's all sorts of variables, and the story is really fascinating, you can get into it. It came down to getting a whole flotilla of all these private, the, the army requisitioned private boats, like your weekend boats, so we'd come and take Matt's boat, and we're going to go 20 miles across, he might even have to, to captain it, and go and pick up 10, 15, 20 troops at a time, bring them back. They did this, and it's a fascinating story. Hundreds of thousands of troops were saved, the British army lived to fight another day. But why do I tell you all this? There's a movie that came out about this battle a couple of years ago called Dunkirk. And there's this powerful moment in the movie. It's toward the end and the, uh, the soldiers have come back and they're hanging their heads low as they're walking back in their hometowns and feeling like we have blown it. You know, we have not done what we were, what we were sent over to do. Walking back with heads hang, hung low and there's this old man, blind man, and he's, he's handing out some bread to the troops as they pass by. And to one and all, he's saying to them, Well done, lads. Well done. Well done, lads. Well done. And one of those troops, as he's walking past him, he stops. And he says to him, Well done. Well done. All we did was survive. And the old man, without looking up, says to him, that's enough. That's enough. And it was enough. As history has borne out, they went on to live and fight another day. But I think about our own moment right now, that you and I were in a kind of, of Dunkirk season. When it seems like Everything is falling apart. When it seems like we can't hold our lives together, let alone the whole nation and the culture and everything else. When all of our five-year plans have been thrown out the window, all of our plans for retirement, all of our plans for vacation, all of our plans for this, that, and the other thing have all been annihilated. We're thinking, what am I going to do? Each day I have my checklist and all of those boxes stay unchecked. You ever had that experience? You get to the end of the day and you flop into the bed and you think, have I been productive today? Have I done what I wanted to do? No, but have you survived? Perhaps. And in the midst of the season, when it seems like everything else is slipping away, don't lose sight of the commander's intent. Keep the lamp lit. That's what, that's what matters most. All of our pretenses of victorious living and hacking this or that thing, and I am going to show that I'm in charge. When all of that is stripped away, what are you and me? We are haggard harried, harassed children of God who are holding on with a little flicker of faith and passing it on to the next generation. But you know what? In the midst of all of that, your Lord looks at you and me and he says to you, it's enough. It's enough. And why is that? It's because your commander, your bridegroom, Jesus, he went to the cross and remember his word for you and me. It was not, it's mostly done. It was not, here, I'm going to give you a little hand up. It was not, I've got it halfway, can you take it from here? What did our Lord Jesus say on the cross for you and for me to ring out through all eternity? He said, it is finished. 
Christ Jesus has accomplished all things for your salvation. His righteousness has been given to you. His life is yours. In the midst of all of this season of uncertainty, when everything else fades away, when we are stripped down to the bare bones and we are just clinging for dear life, Jesus says, it is finished. Fear not, because he is enough for you and me. And so we await the coming of our bridegroom. And so we look forward to his imminent return, maybe today. We remember his intent for you and me. Keep the lamp lit. Keep the lamp lit. It's enough. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We stand to confess our faith.